0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And I'm thankful to have our audience.
1: Oh, me too. And I'm thankful for you, Andrew.
0: <gasps> I'm thankful for you. But I don't feel the need to say that on the air because I texted you that yesterday.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah,
0: Because it's currently Black Friday. We're recording on Black Friday, even though we're releasing on a regular Tuesday because somebody's traveling to a different state. Um it's not me i'm not so i'll let you deduce who who that is
1: it could be me but we'll never know i guess
0: yeah i mean we will because we i just said <laughs> i'm not traveling and somebody is so
1: but somebody could be anybody
0: somebody on this show i thought i said oh,
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> which
0: is two people <laughs> and if i'm out that leaves yeah, you know, uh, just you
1: that really limits our options here
0: it really does. Uh, everybody, thank you for understanding our week off on Thanksgiving week. But we're back. Um, year's coming to a close, but the news is not slowing down. We heard big news. This came on Thanksgiving, right? Like, oh, didn't know. It came out the day before Thanksgiving. Do you think the audience is gonna forgive me? No. Okay. Day before I thanks. Oh. Okay. <laughs> day before Thanksgiving, we've got some uh very big. World News, not just specific to video games, the Federal Trade Commission of the United States has decided that they are going to file an antitrust lawsuit to block Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of major video game publisher Activision. This is uh, probably the biggest hit against the deal. We've been seeing tons of like little bits of news from the PlayStation lawsuit, but really... As much as I agree that maybe this is monopolization, PlayStation's arguments have been weak to say the least. Um, And also Jim Ryan is like a flailing baby. So it's kind of hard to, like, take him seriously or care. But this is a (laughs) that sounds just (laughs) like Jim Ryan. I can't believe you got him on the show. Um, The FTC is obviously a much bigger organization as far as, like, legal, legal uh, sway than Sony and PlayStation are I don't know what this will lead to. I know that the FTC tried to pre- prevent that uh what was it uh, the Discovery and Warner Brothers deal and that yes. didn't work out for them. So yeah. I don't I don't know if this is going to work out, but it's still huge.
1: Yeah, I I I think there were sort of um whispers along when this very, very first happened, maybe not whispers, but a lot of speculation that this would happen. Um, I am not surprised. I guess my question is, why do they think that they can nail Activision Blizzard when they couldn't, when they can't nail Warner Discovery, when they can't nail? I mean, I, I just think of like Disney. Like Disney owns so much. They own it all like what is what have what has been done literally nothing so i just don't for i don't see this really um being a big thing especially like you said we've seen uh not unsu- unsuccess we've seen failure before <laughs> <laughs> i think the um, only
0: thing here is that it is about 30 mil- 30 billion more dollars i didn't realize this was bigger than that deal that merger with uh Warner Brothers and Discovery is forty three billion, and this is sixty nine billion. So, we'll yeah. see.
1: Sixty nine billion, nice. Nice
0: episode seventy, nice.
1: <sighs> nice. I just wonder, like I, like I said, I just wonder, like, are they really that scared of Disney? I don't understand. Disney owns net. Dis- no, I'm sorry. Disney owns Star- Marvel, and and Star Wars. Those are two really huge properties. Marvel is huge, a huge property. So it's like, what's going on here, folks? I don't understand.
0: I don't know what sets the Microsoft thing apart. I don't Maybe know. Maybe
1: they think it would be easier because I just think they're afraid of Disney. I think Disney's, you know, pretty, it's pretty much an empire at this point. So I think it might be some intimidation going on there. And Activision Blizzard is not, you know, it's not on the same level, obviously. So,
0: <laughs> no, not quite. I mean it's up there, but not quite.
1: <laughs> right. Um speaking of Activision, uh, continuing the thread of Activision News, um, they have halted their relationship with NetEase, um, which pretty much means that they are not really going to be publishing uh any games in China because as we know, NetEase is a Chinese company. Um So sales will be suspended. Um, Chinese players are just going to have to deal with it, I guess. I don't know. I didn't Um,
0: know that NetEase was, like, essentially Activision China.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't really understand. I mean, it's peculiar to me because I feel like these games are very popular in China, like... Overwatch and and obviously uh World of Warcraft. I mean, the 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 new uh expansion for World of Warcraft. Everything planned for the latter half of this year and I think a little bit of next year is still coming out in China like the like season 2 of Overwatch and that the new expansion Dragonflight for World of Warcraft um but I guess I just don't really understand why they have done this
0: so i guess it, there's part of me that wants to be like it's an ethical decision because like netease is is greatly tied with chinese government and there's a lot going on there but it's activision blizzard like ethics is not their strongest suit so i don't know maybe if it's just like they they foresee maybe some economic change that would make it a lot more difficult for them to do what they do in that Chinese market and they would end up losing money. Maybe that's my biggest assumption. Um net yeah. ease is just getting bigger and bigger, so it's not like that company's going anywhere.
1: Yeah. I wonder if I don't know, I'm trying to like think of what it could possibly be. I, I this news came a few days before the, you know, Activision FTC lawsuit, but they probably knew that the lawsuit was going to be happening. So I wonder if this is some like I don't even know, like attempt to, because things with the Chinese government are pretty contentious right now, I would say. So I wonder if this is like some sort of like, oh, look, we're, look, we're, look, we're the good guys. We're not, (laughs) we're not a, we're not a monopoly. We're the good guys. See, we're, we're not even publishing our games in China anymore through, through our, through uh, the, the the chinese publishing company, you know, it's we're good guys. I yeah, don't know. What, what
0: nice people.
1: Yeah. So I'm not really sure if I you know, I'm just saying that. I'm I'm totally talking out of my butt right now. So who knows. But um this is very peculiar. Cuz you make you know, you stand to make a lot of money publishing your biggest titles in a really uh, big
0: in a really big country.
1: In a really big country, so. I don't know.
0: Um, bringing things back over the pond to America. Dead Island 2. Greatly anticipated game, I think. (laughs) I don't know anybody who's anticipating it, but I'm sure there's somebody. Uh, I think we both gave credit, like, that, the re-reveal that happened a few months ago. It looks, I think, better than we might have expected, which isn't saying a lot, but, you know, good for them for actually getting this game out but it will not hit its February release date. Instead, it is now slated for April 28th. Um, It's a pretty small delay. You know, 12 weeks is not a big deal. I'm not surprised. A game with this much turmoil leading up to launch. Is it really that surprising that it didn't make it to that original release date?
1: Yeah. It's... Uh, Well, first of all, um, I'm reading the article that you linked, and the author's name is Haley Williams. Um, Haley Williams of Paramore wrote this article for Gamespot. Just kidding. Um, sorry, <laughs> I thought that joke would land a little bit better, but it didn't. That's okay.
0: I I laughed.
1: Yeah, it just took you a while. I see. I saw the wheels turning in your head, the cogs. <laughs> you were like, "Where? Who is this? Why?" You're me we to edit it, so here? I laugh
0: a lot faster.
1: No, that's okay. Let's have it be okay. really raw and organic. Um, yeah, it's. I think this game has been through a lot, so it's sad that it's getting delayed again. But, you know, I think that ultimately giving it some more time is not necessarily a bad thing, especially since, like you said, it's 12 weeks. It's not like a year. It's not like six months. It's from February to April, which, awesome. honestly, that that time goes by really fast, you know? Uh, pivoting from sweet, sweet Dead Island to news. Well, maybe the news isn't so sweet. Um, (laughs) Team Ninja has reportedly confirmed plans to reboot Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. Um, Ninja Gaiden, as we know, a game about ninjas. (laughs) Dead or Alive, as we know, is a game about uh, beautiful women playing volleyball on the beach. That's beach
0: volleyball. That's not... (laughs) Bo- I like that the volleyball. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball is. I don't think they're going <laughs> to reboot that. Are you sure? I I think they'll reboot the fighting game before they reboot the beach volleyball, but you might be right.
1: You know what? I only knew Dead or Alive as a beach volleyball game. I didn't know it was ever a fighting game.
0: Yeah, that might be evidence of how that game has uh generally been viewed by the public.
1: <laughs> well, Maybe one it... of them is obviously more notable. I mean, just saying. When Ninja when Garden. it's Anyway, um, this took place uh, at a talk in South Korea from the president of Team Ninja, um, where he basically was like, uh, "We are we want to be rebooting." You know what I mean? We want to be reboot scooting, um, which is interesting because uh, early at the beginning of last year. Um, the director was like, no no no, no no no. We're not we're not we're not a, uh, we're not doing anything with a Ninja Guide never again. Um but I'd like to go back. Yeah, so, we
0: live we live in a world where the uh the publisher who owns the the rights has more say in what happens to a series than directors, so that doesn't mean as much as maybe people thought. Evidenced yeah. now by the fact that they're soft announcing reboot yeah I'm excited I think this is a series that would be well Ninja Gaiden is a series that would be like ripe for turning into a new franchise you know bringing back with some gorgeous visuals and maybe taking taking advantage of some new technology available to them dead or alive um I think the fighting game market is kind of good right now I don't know if we need dead or alive to come back What
1: about the beach volleyball game market
0: um I think Senran Kagura is making enough money. I don't think they <laughs> need to make new games either. But hey, what do I know? Um, you know what I what do d- know?
1: Oh, 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 Were you oh, going to you- ask me what I know? Yeah, what do you
0: Here, know? Here, hang on. You know what I know? What do you know? Yuji Naka is going to jail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny. It's crazy.
0: It's funny in the sense that I just, I read this headline and I'm like, is it April 1st? No, it's November eighteenth um so Yuji Naka, as we know, uh was it's he's largely considered the father of Sonic. He's heavily involved in the formation of that series. uh he even went on to work at Square Enix on um Critical Darling, Ball and Oh, I know you, Kelly, you loved Ball Wonderworld, right? a lot?
1: Yeah, it's my favorite game of all time, actually.
0: Uh, well, I have bad news because, uh, apparently, uh, either during his integration with Square Enix to make Balan Wonderworld or sometime well before it, uh, he was doing some insider trading. (laughs) Uh, this is apparently related to the, uh, Dragon Quest series. I, I, I don't think we've ever heard of this kind of thing in the video game industry. It also is weird because the last time we heard about Yuji was when he was suing Square Enix. Remember that whole thing?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So like now he's doing insider trading before or after that. I don't know. It's very blurry. We're not really going to know the details until later, but he's in custody. Um,
1: I mean, pro- it's, it's pretty flagrant. If you read the report or the article, um, Basically saying that uh, him and another person who's also being um, investigated reportedly purchased 47 million yen or $336,300 uh, $336, 300 of stock um, in aiming before it pu- it was publicly confirmed that it was developing Dragon Quest Tact, uh, which is a mobile title so they had that prior knowledge. They knew that and they went into it and bought that stock, um, which is interesting uh, because that is, like I said, p- pretty flagrant. But um, people in the United States uh, government do this all the time. <laughs> so uh-huh. I just think it's interesting. Um, maybe it's a little bit stricter. It, I would assume it's a little bit stricter in Japan, but um, that's tough. That's tough. That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I mean, Japan is pretty well known for um, having a very high rate of convictions. So if you're arrested, the chances of you getting convicted are extremely high in Japan. So I think there's an extremely high chance that we're going to find out that the father of Sonic is going to have very limited visitation because he will be in jail.
1: (laughs) That was really that was really poetic.
0: Um, somebody who may be considered sort of a, a nephew of Yuji because they're sort of like cousins to Sonic, is uh, our co-sponsor, Sentry. Um, Sentry is a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games, and you can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Century. Or go to their website, smackcentry.gg, smakcentry.gg, to find more info about attending or viewing their content. Uh, I hope they're doing okay. Finding out the news that their um, uncle, that their uncle Yuji Naka, because Sonic is their cousin, so <coughs> therefore uh, Yuji Naka must be their uncle. He's going to jail. Um, guys, if you're okay, like let me know. If you need anything, let me know. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to get dragged into this extremely big mess. Um, I'm sorry if this affects your family relationships. You know, I hope Sonic's still able to attend your content, attend your events. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm patiently waiting for Kelly to take the reins from my hand and continue so I can end the bit. But we'll see, because sometimes I just am moving so fast that Kelly doesn't know how to keep up. Because I am, I also know Sonic pretty well. Um, Sonic was invented in nineteen eighty.
1: So, um, <laughs> I don't want Andrew to be drowning anymore, floundering. Um, so some exciting sales news this week. Um, God of War Ragnarok, which came out on the uh, about uh two weeks ago, on the 9th. Um, I, for some reason I thought it came out on the 8th, but that was Frontiers. That was Sonic. Um, it is Sony's fastest selling first party launch, uh, selling 5 million in its opening week, which is no, nothing to sniff at. Um, I don't think this is particularly surprising. I think God of War is a very, very popular game and I think it was very, very hyped. Um, I haven't played it, so, but from what I've seen and what I've heard, it is living up to the hype. Um, so that's pretty exciting for Sony, uh, 5 million sales. That's, that's like I said, nothing to sniff at, especially when you think about the last of us, uncharted, Spider-Man, I guess, but yeah, that's a little, noise.
0: I'm just doing a little Spider-Man, LA. <laughs> um,
1: but you know. Andrew, I don't know if you have anything to say about this.
0: I think it's a lot of copies.
1: It's a lot of copies. Um, I
0: also, part of me was surprised to hear that 5 million was the highest weekend sales, or sorry, opening week sales of any Sony game. I kind of assumed that there'd be something bigger, but I guess I didn't know what that something would be.
1: I truly believed that Last of Us would have outsold but, mm-hmm. I or think...
0: Uncharted Four was my one that I thought maybe.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't really seem like. It doesn't really seem like. I mean, it's a lot. It's a ton. It's five million, but it doesn't seem like a lot, especially in comparison to other games. Um... Uh,
0: thank you for throwing me that transition because uh, that story is going to seem like nothing in comparison to the uh shocking statistic. That we just got from Nintendo, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which launched last week, sold 10 million copies in its first three days. Nintendo's fastest selling game ever. Faster than Mario, faster than Zelda, faster than Animal Crossing. 10 million copies. That's a lot of copies.
1: It's a lot. For reference,
0: uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons had previously held the record at 17.37 million units in 11 days. This is 10 million in three. It will definitely pass that number in 11 days because that's two full weekends and the holidays are coming up. I am in disbelief. This game is going to have insane numbers. Again, especially after Christmas is over, cuz think about how many parents are going to start buying this game for their kids in the next like 3 to 4 weeks.
1: Yeah, I um it's a bit hard to wrap your head around just how many copies just how big Pokemon really is. I mean, it's it's truly on another level of anything else that exists in video games right now. It has mass appeal. People who don't play video games play Pokemon, and it's po- crazy. It is crazy, and Pokemon diehards will buy the game regardless of, you know, what they see in reviews or whatever. Um, and your average layman is not going to care about, um, you know, negative press. So, it's really Let's... just goes to show that uh. Despite what we see on social media, sometimes it just doesn't match up with uh, the reality of the situation.
0: I'm going to say, let's use this as a transition, because both of us have played the game. Yep. One of us has seen the credits roll.
1: Yep. Heard Ed Sheeran.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot he's in the credits.
1: (laughs) I didn't know it was him at first. I thought it was Adam Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when's the last time you ever heard an Adam Lambert song? No offense to him.
0: Not yesterday when you finished Pokemon, apparently. (laughs) Um, This game just came out. We have both played a bit, but somebody has finished it. So I'm going to let somebody lead the charge on the review and then uh, cut somebody off regularly when I have thoughts as well. Okay. Kelly's the somebody. Kelly finished the game. I did not finish it, but I'm going to interject a lot. Sorry, Kelly.
1: That's okay. I did finish the game. Um, just to give it a bit of context, I played Pokemon Violet um, because I wanted the hot professor. Sorry, I, don't I know played who Pokemon said that. Scarlet
0: because I wanted the hot professor. <laughs> Get out!
1: I wanted the Chad professor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and I started with Fuecoco. He was my starter, oh. um, who ended up being really the MVP. Um, I played probably like 20 hours, I think the last time I checked my hours, it was about, it was like at 11 and I was probably halfway through the game. So I'd say I probably played about 20. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of catching. I did a lot of like terror raids. I did, um, in Pokemon Violet, there's three separate paths to really get to the end game. You have to do all of them. I did that. Um, like I said, we saw the credits, but, um, I kind of, I wanted to get into the negative first to get the bad stuff out of the way and talk about the good stuff because I think the good stuff does really shine through. Um, And everybody's already talked about the bad stuff already. So I don't want to like hammer it. I don't want to beat a dead horse or a dead uh, Mudsdale. (laughs) Sad. Sorry. Um, (laughs) The game, so the game itself runs... Not so great. Um, It's not, I would say that, and Andrew, you probably haven't experienced this yet. I do think it has some memory leakage problems. The longer you play it, the worse performance gets. Um, There are a lot of areas in the end game that just don't perform super well. Not end game, but late game to end game that just don't perform very well. Um, Lots of frame drops. I mean, we know that. The frames are not great. <laughs> um, it's it's jarring. It's it's jarring when you play something that does that is optimized for the Switch and it looks good, and then you go to this and you're like, like even I was playing Sword and Shield, okay, because I wanted to look at my old team in Sword and Shield, um, and it just looks better, which is sad because it's older. Um, I think this game could have used another like year in the oven, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think it could have been an incredible game um, because the, the, the details, let's use the sandwich because this game has a really weird emphasis on sandwiches. The <laughs> filling, like the cheese and the meat and the sauce is really good, but the bread, what holds the sandwich up is not good. Um, so it's, you know, it it just makes it, it makes it hard to really immerse yourself and really get into it
0: like in my the, opinion. Like the bread is like overcooked so when you bite in it's hard to get through it to the good stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I have heard that if you switch your storage from SD to the Switch that it runs better. I have not tried that so I don't know.
0: That's a good but, idea.
1: But I will also say that that is like, why would you have to do that? You've never had to do that for a game before so. um no anyway uh, the textures also look not good um, I don't really get it I don't know like there's so much dissonance in this game the textures of the characters and the Pokemon look incredible um, the textures of like the ground like what happened I don't understand and like if you look at if you look at like signs or like flags it's like it, it's 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 mind-boggling. I think that they really could have emphasized a semi-open world to free up some like to free up some time to make it look better because if we had an open world where it's not just like, oh, I'm flying from area one to area two and there's no loading screens and it looks great it, well there's no loading screens and it looks bad. Um, they could have done, okay, I'm, I'm traveling from area one to area two. I'm going through a door and area two looks better or I'm going through a gate or whatever. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is they didn't need to do that. It could have been a semi-closed off open world, um, t- if that was really the issue. But like I said, the textures on the Pokemon and the textures on the characters look great. So it's really dissonant when you've got, you know, your rival who, and your in a battle with you and the earth, the shadow beneath you is five pixels (laughs) of gray and, and you see their, their entire outfit and it's got like cloth texture. It's the hair's got texture. It's like, it's like what? Like it, it makes, it, it doesn't, it makes your eyes like confused basically in my opinion.
0: It's almost like where, where did their priorities lie? was it that they were rushed and they chose to prioritize characters or was it that they just didn't see the other things as important? Like what was happening there?
1: Yeah. Like how could the, how could the ground and the water and the shadows not be important in an open world game? If that is the case, you know, um, the shadows are particularly egregious. It's like, it's very distracting. Um, but, that's really all I have to say negative. Um, I think there are other things that like, I don't really do breeding in my Pokemon games. Um, I used to, but I don't anymore because I don't really see the reason to do it if I'm not playing competitively or trading. Yeah. Um, I heard that that has kind of been a bit of a slog. And I do think that the, the world itself is pretty uh boring um it's a nice region but it doesn't it's not super distinct the towns aren't really distinct because you can't go into any buildings which is like what i don't even know even like pokemon centers are just like gas stations now um which not to say the towns aren't distinct because i do think that they're like the one town i can't remember its name it's really cool i mean i don't want to spoil anything for andrew so i'm not going to say anything but thanks There are flashes of uniqueness, Um, but when you compare it to like Gen 7 or Gen 5, where everything was really distinct and the towns were really unique because they were super regional, I just am not sure. Like they obviously took inspiration from Spain, but I'm not sure that they really like leaned in as much as I would have liked them to. And you not being able to enter like anywhere is kind of weird. Um, like even just like, Oh, I'm going to a restaurant to eat on one of the 500,000 sandwiches that are in the game. But yeah. it, you, it just takes you to a menu. You're not like sitting down anywhere. So I don't know. Um, that was kind of a bummer, but like I said, that's kind of the negatives for me. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the positives. Uh, the Pokemon are great. I love the Pokemon this generation. They feel very strong. They feel unique. I know people complain about like Flamingo, who is a flamingo. Literally, is like a I flamingo. didn't. I
0: didn't even realize that the name was Flamingo for like a few minutes. <laughs> I thought it was like I was like, so that's just flamingo.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? But he's 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 an interesting character, an interesting Pokemon because he's just a little flamingo. But he's a fighting type, and if you look at him, he looks like a boxing glove. His body looks like a boxing glove. It's like little stuff like that. It's just kind of like fun. Um, It's just, it's, it's different. Um, And I think there's some, some flops every generation. That's for certain. But I think that this generation has more um, wins than flops in terms of Pokemon design. Um, The music is really, really great. I will say that without getting too into spoiler territory, the whole end game sequence is absolutely incredible. I think from the moment that you defeat, the moment that you get through the Elite Four, I'm sorry. I messed up my mic. Let me redo that. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that you begin the Elite Four all the way up till the end credits, it's like my favorite part of it, almost any Pokemon game. The music is so incredible. The The battles are so good. The final battle in this game is so insane. I never ever ever would have expected. Something like that in a Pokemon game. Um, so I'm excited for you Andrew. To get to that. Um, I... I'll be getting
0: there. I'll be getting there.
1: <laughs> Everything about it. I mean. And like I said it is sort of throttled by. Poor performance. In the end game. Because there, they're, the, the system is working really hard. And you can tell. Um but it and the story in the end, like I said, from that Elite Four moment to the to the end credits, the story is really impressive. Um, a lot more so than than Sword and Shield for sure. And a lot more so than a lot of like mainline Pokemon games, in my opinion. I think it's one of the best final battles in like modern gens, especially like three D gens. Um I think N from Gen Five is still like my favorite end game but there is something really interesting and unique about this end game that I think sets it apart from others um, I like I said I think the open world in this could be modified to maybe make the, the game perform a little bit better I think if they had like areas that you have to go through like a door to get to or go through like a small loading screen would really help um, yeah just to, to to give the system some grace. I know that's not like a truly open world, but you can still make pretty big areas. Um, I think that one of the things that could be nice for some people and not so nice for others is that the game doesn't really tell you where to go. I mean, you can look at the map and say, well, this, this gym leader is not that tough, so you can go fight them. Um, but it can be a little bit daunting when you, even for me, um who used a guide on where to go first um well after i beat my first two gym leaders then i started using a guide because i wasn't sure with the one storyline where to go um i think that it can be a little bit like oops i wasn't supposed to be here <laughs> yeah um like i think we had similar experiences i went the first team star base that i went to was really difficult for me because it was technically the second one that you're supposed to go to um and then when I went back to go do the quote unquote first one it was a lot easier um so I don't know if I i I feel like the whole like you could do whatever you want would have really worked better if it had been if things had been scalable
0: exactly yeah like you can do it in any order like you can literally go to like the quote unquote eighth gym And they'll have, like, low-level Pokemon because it's the first thing you did. And then you go to the first gym last and it has really high-level Pokemon. But I guess the only thing I understand that would make that difficult is, like, that's not just changing levels in Pokemon. That's changing, like, number of Pokemon, changing changing evolution, changing this and that. And I'm like, I understand why, but it's still disappointing.
1: Yeah. Like, Like, imagine going to the eighth gym and it's, like... Not the eighth gym, but this is the eighth gym you go to, and it's grass, and you have to fight like a really hard grass team. Like, that's you never do that in Pokemon. Grass is always like the second or third gym. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. That would be interesting. That would be unique, but it's not scalable. But you're right, because it would be hard, because there's things that you have to consider. I guess my my thing would be maybe just make it like a range, like, oh, 10 through 20, 20 through 30, 30 through 40, and et cetera, and so on. Or like, yeah. even like 10 through 15, 15 through 20. Because then they could have teams for each range that that your character could, you know, battle and, and be on the same playing ground, playing field, basically.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe next time, which is like yeah. th- probably three years away. So it's hard to say that. But like m- my feeling. So most of what you say I'm 100 percent with, you know, I've had very similar experiences. I'm seven hours in. I've done one of. The gyms, one of the titans, and one of the star bases. Um, But I have seven hours already because I've been catching uh, everything I see, basically. I have 90 Pokemon on my decks already. Um, I kind of feel like this is a middle step, design-wise, between Sword and Shield and Arceus. Which is confusing, because Arceus came out a year ago. But, obviously, they were probably developed by separate teams in Game Freak because how else could they put two games out in 12 months? Which makes me... Like, they couldn't have learned from Arceus. These games were being made at the same time, so they had to do their own sort of thing. And I feel like there's certain things that Arceus did really well that this game would have benefited from. But there's also certain things that this game does that Arceus should have done itself. My hope is that whatever comes next blends the best parts and sort of cuts the fluff from both. Because, like, for me... I really miss the catching mechanics of Arceus. I obviously think they would have to be adapted for an open world and for a more traditional Pokemon game, but there's no adaptation here at all. The only way to catch Pokemon is to enter battles with them. Um, I feel like what would have been interesting is, you know, you have the option to catch a Pokemon in the world, and if they escape, you have you are forced into a battle, you know? Arceus that didn't happen Arceus you could just keep trying or like certain pokemon you'd have to have to flee from. But if this game like forced you into battles so it's like okay that's a middle ground. I think the next game is probably when they're going to have that middle ground though because then they'll have learned from both. Um I think visually this game is a lot better than Arceus but like performance wise it's a lot less stable. So it's like all that's also interesting. Like there's a lot more inspired design and a lot more really nice uh, models and a lot of really good animations but it also runs crappy at times I haven't had nearly as bad of an experience as online like as I've seen people having online and you were saying that you had heard that a lot of people who play online I sorry for using that word so many times um, they're the ones having the struggling experiences I it exclusively offline you do the same as well right So that I play be...
1: online but I don't have other people in my game and that's where I've seen like the most issue is when you see a video of a glitch from this these games on Twitter. There's always like two players in it or yeah. three. It's like, well, which I'm is sure not that...
0: unfair of the players to try to play a game with play with other people when that's advertised,
1: right? But I I do I do think that it it is making it seem like things are a lot worse than they are in single player mode or yeah. not online, which is just not the case. I did not encounter any crashes. Or, like, I did not encounter any glitches other than some, like, sometimes the camera would clip through the floor, which was annoying, like, in battle, which was annoying, but then if I just moved the camera up, it wouldn't do that. So it was kind of like, I get it, and I understand, and I think when you you have an online portion of your game, it should be playable, and it should not have glitches to that extent. Um, But I think we know from experience that Nintendo... And Game Freak and online is not really.
0: <laughs> not buddies.
1: They're not, uh, copacetic. So,
0: um, I actually just remembered one of my biggest complaints with this game. There's no clothing options. Oh. So, so, okay. There are clothing options. You can change, uh, your outfit between four different outfits. There's like a summer, a spring, a fall, and then, um, winter winter the other season yes outfit that are all school uniforms and then you can customize your shoes socks hat glasses gloves but you cannot buy individual clothing items for your body and i hate that i really hate that i am stuck to one outfit because it's a cute outfit but like i love changing my outfit like every couple hours when i'm playing games like this and not having that option is greatly disappointing
1: yeah yeah and, and, and it's weird because they do such an emphasis on customization this gen. It's like, I don't understand. The only thing I can think of is that they just want to sell it to us later in a DLC.
0: Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this is a lot better than Sword and Shield. Like, from a pure design perspective, I think there's a lot more interesting stuff going on. And the gameplay loop is a lot more engaging. Um, this feels like they took the ideas of the wild area and made it functional because the wild area was so janky and so annoying. Um, So I'm excited by, you know, what's to come. I'm excited to see what this formula brings us. And I'm excited to play more. You know, I'm having a very good time. Let it be known. We talked a lot about negatives because there are a lot of negatives. And I think if that ruins your experience, that's valid. Some people really hate performance issues and that's okay. You know, if it ruined this game for you, I'm I'm sorry that sucks and that's not I'm an... sorry
1: and you'll never get to hear Ed Sheeran in the credits so
0: I mean you could probably google it so you could hear it <laughs> just not authentically
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: but it's like I'm still having a great time that's not an excuse for Pokemon to release games in this state they're the most profitable media franchise in the world just make the games work Take a, take more time figure it out but if you are someone who's not obsessed with frame rates and you can kind of overlook some funny visual glitches, then you'll you'll probably have a great time with this game. And it definitely is more a traditional Pokemon game than Arceus was. So if Arceus was like completely your jam and you don't like traditional games, then maybe take a second before you buy this game. But if you like traditional Pokemon games, they're back. And this is truly that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I... would agree with all of that.
0: I feel like this game's more open than Arceus 2, not just because it's an open world, but because like I've I've done so many just weird like stepping off the path and doing funky things. Whereas in Arceus I ended up doing like a lot of critical path because it was a much smaller space. This game uh, I accidentally went to like what I think is like the fifth gym while I was just walking around, like really far north, and I was like, oops. I didn't go in because I'm like, I will be terribly underleveled if I try. But it is fun that I was able to get there, you know? Able to fall into that little mess. Yeah. So, but that's Pokemon Scarlet Violet. Uh, You'll probably hear a little bit more about it as I wrap it up. Are you going to do, like, any post-game or, like, catch more Pokemon, or do you think you're going to shelf it and call it a fun time?
1: Well, the post-game is really, really intense. Um, Really? Yeah. There's, do you want me to...
0: Don't be specific, but what makes it intense? Is it, like, just very challenging battles?
1: Um, it's basically just, like, a do-it-all-again kind of thing. Oh. Um, for okay. one specific path, because there's three different main storyline paths. Um, but, but the post game is, like, a do-it-all-again path, and, uh, it's you- tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but I won't say more than that. So I might do a little bit. I'm not really sure. I kind of want to move on and play something else, but I also kind of want to stick around. I don't know. I'm still deciding.
0: Okay. I'm interested to hear next week what you ended up doing.
1: Okay. I'm interested to tell you.
0: Um, should I review some other games?
1: Um, no. Just kidding. Hee <laughs> hee. I got you. <laughs>
0: Uh, Kelly, I finished Sonic Frontiers.
1: What?
0: I finished Sonic Frontiers. Did you hear me that time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, last week I talked about it, and I was like, "Wow, I'm like, I'm done with the first zone, and I really loved it, and it was a lots of lots of fun, lots of interesting stuff. It's fun to move around to Sonic." Uh, that is true. The first zone is very fun, especially just like getting to know the movement of Sonic and stuff, and going real fast. Uh, the second zone kind of keeps that momentum going. It's a slightly more visually boring uh, world, but oh well. And um, I think it really, it starts to show like the very early phases of the cracks because there is, it is very much a loop. You show up at a world, you meet one of your holographic friends, you get them a bunch of collectibles um, that are all very straightforward. They talk to you in a very boring cutscene scene where they don't move around very much. You do a couple very small, very simple mini-games, and then you fight the boss. Um, That was really fun once. It was pretty fun a second time. It was awful the third time. The third zone was, like, horribly designed. It introduces a metric ton of springs and boosters that lock you into inescapable 2D segments, Oh, which I think this game saw the 2D segments in Mario Odyssey and how fun and cool those were and was like oh we could do that but they didn't understand why it was cool and fun and they also did it about 200 times more than Mario Odyssey did oh god <laughs> Um, it's that third world especially is just like constantly being locked in and it's hard to get out of those scape- uh, like those segments because you either have to just go through the whole thing or try to find like a weird back door out uh this game is advertised as five zones. It's not. The fourth zone is one mission. I have no idea how they got away with that. Uh, the fifth zone is repurposed off of the first, so visually it is the same as the first, but it is like a new, uh, a new layout of sorts. It doesn't look any different though. It's not like a, oh now it's like the scary nighttime version. It's like no, it's the same. Oh. Um. The fifth zone specifically, I was just so sick of the formula that I ended up fishing with Big the Cat for like 20, 30 minutes. And that got (laughs) me all of the collectibles I needed to just finish the game. Because you get like by the end, you get so many rewards for fishing with Big that you can just buy everything you need to finish the game. And I did that. Because I was just sick of doing some of these like locked into two D segments, and I was just didn't want to explore anymore because it had overstayed its welcome. The story uh, gets more and more boring. There is no like real antagonist to the story. There's like a force that exists that they don't really talk about till the end. Eggman is in the game the whole time, but like has like five segments and talks in the same place. The Cyberspace levels, which are like the more traditional platforming levels that you have to do to get certain collectibles, they're awful. Sonic controls differently in those, which I have no idea why, but it's hard to get used to. It's hard to succeed. It's really annoying. And by the end, I was just like, I'm sick of this. And again, I fished with Big the Cat and bought the things that you get from doing that. <laughs> um, the final boss, this is not a spoiler, but the final boss is three quick time events back to back, and it is 15 seconds long. Oof. It is not even a boss fight. It's just a it's glorified f- short cutscene. And then when the credits started rolling, there was an emotional song. I have that in hard quotations. Um, <laughs> sang by one of the main characters and it was one of the funniest things I've heard in a game in a long time. Because it thought it was really emotional and it was really not. Uh, the game really was a drag by the end, which is disappointing because it started with some really big promise. My hope is that they learn from this, but we shouldn't have to continually have Sonic games come out and be like, oh, they're going to learn from the good parts of this one. Um, it is a an intrinsically better formula than, like, Sonic Forces was, but does that really matter if they kind of, tr- like, they didn't stick the landing at all? This feels like a bad amalgamation of Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild to me, and I just stopped enjoying it by the end. And I still finished it because I have that weird urge to complete things. But, like, if I had finished this game after the first zone, I would have been like, wow. That was, that was a fun little, like, 8 out of 10, which would be really good for a Sonic game. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I finished this game, and I'd probably go it like, a, a 6 out of 10 or something. I know we don't do scores, but I really want to emphasize how much this game dropped off for me. Dang. Yeah.
1: That's, that's, that's rough.
0: Yeah. So That's I,
1: unfortunate, because you were quite excited about it.
0: It started so well. I was so pumped talking about it last week. Yeah. So I really hope nobody bought it because of my really glowing review last week. And if you did, sorry. (laughs) Sorry Uh, for that. (laughs) Allow me to make it up to you by suggesting something that is good. (gasps) Vampire Survivors. This game came out in October after being in early access for quite a while on PC. It is now available on Xbox consoles and PC in its full final release. My monkey brain loves this game a lot. Um, during the game, you only have direct control using the left stick to move. You only control that. Um, But it is a top-down shmup, or as the developers describe it, a reverse shmup, because you are sitting there and there are, like, by a certain point, just hundreds or thousands of bullets and projectiles coming out of your character, going against uh, tons of enemies. It's a roguelite so you enter a level and you try to survive up to 30 minutes um, there was such a constant flow of enemies it is so fun to upgrade and gain new abilities your the enemies as you kill them drop little gems and when you pick those up it raises your experience every time you level up it gives you three options and you can either level something up that you have or grab something new um, there's like passive upgrade upgrades that give you like update upgraded experience like uh greater range to pull in pull in bonus items, like that kind of stuff, and then there's the weapons, all very much inspired by Castlevania, so you got the whip, you got the knife, you got the axe, you got the holy water, all very Castlevania in their nature. It also kind of looks like Castlevania with some really nice pixel art and music that is very akin to that series. I loved this game. By the end of a run, you are facing waves of literally thousands of enemies I think when I succeeded on the final level, my kill count was like 90 something thousand enemies oh, wow. and they all are on screen. Like I have no idea how this game runs because I was playing it on Xbox one and it just runs fine. It's wild. The bright flashing colors and constant music and sound cues that are all so satisfying. Make all of the alarms in my monkey brain go off. Just constant satisfying enjoyment. I loved it a lot. I beat all of the main levels, as well as the quote-unquote final boss, in about seven hours total. But if I wanted to keep going, I definitely could. There's tons of content, as well as alternate characters and techniques to try. So even if you've gotten through every every level as one of the characters you like, you have the option to go back as a new character, as well as spend some of the gold you earn during levels to buy upgrades that apply to all the characters. If you're interested in this little game, it is available on Game Pass, so you can give it a try free of charge. It is also exceptionally inexpensive on every platform. You can get it now on Steam 4. Oh, it's on sale right now because it's Black Friday. So if you happen to be listening to this, oh, it's not Black Friday anymore. This comes out a week late. Oh. The offer ends. What when does this episode come out? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay, here we find out. Ready? If you're listening on day of release, it is the last day it's on sale on Steam. So hop on that because it is currently $4.24. Woo! I mean it's only $5 normally, so I don't it's not really that big a deal. It's only five dollars. You need to play this game. Everybody should play this game. It's five bucks. It's well worth a try at the very least. Woo! I loved this game. It I knew it was like well received, but I didn't expect it to be like game of the year stuff like this will be on my game of the year list in some capacity and I did not expect that going in I a thought romp. it was just gonna be a fun little Castlevania romp a romp, and it was a romp but I didn't expect it to be one of the best romps of the year <laughs> so so we did it Kelly we made an episode of talking games with Kelly and I- Andrew
1: and you know what we talked a lot of games
0: yeah for the 70th time
1: that's true. It's been seventy go arounds. Is it more than seventy? Because we did um, two episodes for like game of the year stuff last year, and then two for no, e. those all
0: counted as numbers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is the seventieth episode, and by all st- metrics, okay. Did you know we're gonna be at a hundred and thirty episodes?
1: That's wild.
0: That's crazy. We'll be at 75 and five. Whew. Wow.
1: That's intense.
0: I guess. Thanks everybody for supporting us for 70 freaking episodes.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot of support for a long time.
0: I look forward to coming back next week and hopefully giving you the content that you deserve. Well, not hopefully we will. We promise to give the content that you deserve.
1: Yes. Right, Kelly. Yes.
0: I need you to promise, too, because if you don't, then they're not going to trust well, me, because why would you trust me? What
1: is? What do they deserve? I mean, let's talk about that. Let's unpack that.
0: No, I think we're good. Let's just end the episode. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you, and good night, and goodbye.